All right, so let me read. If you all turn to that passage, 19 through 21, this is the section we're going to look at today. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Read it again. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Okay. So the first task we have, and I've got your, if you needed a handout, I think there was a couple laying around, but I put everything from the handout up on the overhead just to keep us tracking. So what is this passage about? Let's try to summarize it to write the main points. And a lot of times in a paragraph, you want to look for, like, what is the main verb or verbs? And this one's jammed, packed with verbs, all commands. So let's just list off those commands right away. Grab. Tell me what commands you see. Start from the top. Be quick to hear. Give me a chance, a second, to hear. Slow to anger. Okay, what's the next verb? Slow to speak. What's the next verb? A little bit louder. Put away what? Put away. Filthiness is first. And wickedness, right? Yep, and I'm just going to receive the word. Okay. Next verb that you see? No good. Catch. No this. Colon. <laughs> is there anything after receive the word as far as a command or a verb? Right, that modifies word. It is able to save your soul. Anything else you see in there? Okay, so receive the word, but what? Be. Wait, that's the next verse, right? Okay. But that's good to catch for next week. That word but, right? That's instead of up, it'll be that. So let's keep that in mind for next week. Read that out to me. So 
Um, let every person be... So it's still a command. Be quick to hear. That, that let is... <clears throat> Well, it's different than let there be light. That kind of let right there is saying, um, there's a really fancy word. We call this a hortatory injunction. <laughs> it, it's a command that is like me coming alongside you and say, let us do this together. So it's a, it's a command, but it's a command when, I, when the preacher or the speaker says, let's do this together versus me just saying, do that. You get that? So let can function. It is a subjunctive, but it can function in a few different ways. That's too fancy for you. The point is it still commands, but it's got a heart to it that let us, let everyone be so quick to hear. But we've seen how I kind of pulled this back here because there's like two parts. Did you see it? You got do these things and receive the word. Okay, how could we summarize like, what's he doing here? What is he telling us? Live right, okay? And it's, we got speaking. Anger, filthiness, and wickedness. Hearing. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Do they seem related at all? Senses, very much. But I, it's hard, like, this doesn't feel like the filthiness and wickedness. It's just kind of describing some things that, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, this is for sure. There's a therefore right here. What does the NAS say? Does anybody have like a New American Standard has let everyone? Yeah, so the reason if ESV and, and what, is, what is the authorized version? You guys got a King James back there, John? This you know versus know this. Yeah, that's interesting. And AV is let. So... Yeah, so if your land translation doesn't have the let, it needs to be there because it's that fancy thing I told you. It's built into the verb. So our English is so, language is really interesting because over time, every language devolves. It, it loses its structure and complexity. Every language does this. In English, especially languages that come together from other languages, and so English loses a lot of the of the um, complexity that's in a verb. Like, in, in, in if you took Spanish in high school, you know that there's gender 
and all kinds of things that are built up into a word that you like, we don't have that in English. So in that, that uh, be quick, it's got built in a lot of that stuff that you don't see unless you have a really literal translation like the New American Standard or the King James, and ESV is fairly literal too. Okay, reactionary living, I love it. So James wants us to know that we need to have this kind of living, and therefore, I'm not sure why the there's for, but we know that we need to, he's telling us to put away filthiness and wickedness, and it's almost like, does it feel to you like it's an instead, receive the word? I like that. Inputs affect our reactions. And instead of being input with filthiness, wickedness, or what King James, the superfluidity of naughtiness. Is that what it says? The superfluidity of naughtiness? That's fantastic. Instead, instead, change your input to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is implanted. What, what word is, does New American use implanted in you? What's the King James have? Engrafted is in the King James. So implanted, engrafted, what do those words sound like to you? What, world, what part of our life do you hear those kinds of words? Implanted and engrafted. Gardening, right? It's, it's a gardening planted into you growing up, right? I love that, Andrew, as far as guarding the inputs of your life and instead receive this word that's implanted in you and able to save your soul. All right, we're, gonna tr- we're just trying to summarize the passage and what it means before we dig into the questions. It's hard to like really summarize. This is the way James is, just it, <laughs> intense and uh, Melissa. Could be. The problem is, is that then it's a therefore. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but we, is there really a therefore in the passage? So a therefore is like a logical connector. So it, it's, it's somehow always like, therefore, because of this, then this. Maybe, maybe it's a then Okay, okay. Yeah. So, because of these kinds of things, Melissa, you're saying it sounds like it's saying if you're not doing these kinds of things, then this kind of is part of your life. But he's telling us if you're doing these things, you'll be putting away 
It, like both ways, it's, it's like if, you're, if you are doing these things, you are being quick to hear, you're slow to anger, slow to speak, then you will be putting away filthiness and wickedness. Think about this, though. All of the New Testament commands or, or, or letters are written to people in a real circumstance, in a real church. James would not say this just because of just general, generalities. There is this, problems with these things in that church. And those people, now, think about this for a second. Are any of these things in your life? Maybe just a little? <laughs> it's so down to earth and real. James and God, God is speaking right to us today in this passage, isn't he? I'm not going to try to boil this down to one sentence. I challenge you to try to do that. But our next question is to just first look at the four questions and say, which of these questions can we answer easiest about this passage? And we'll dive into that one. Like, it's hard for me, if I'm looking at this, to see a lot about what is this teaching me about God. But I'm curious what you're going to say, Matt. Well, this is just I'm thinking out loud. But uh, um, it's interesting because he really, those last two questions, this passage demonstrates the fact that a lot of how we're relating to others is connected to how we're relating to God. Yeah. There's, yeah. You can't just completely separate the two. There's yes. These are crossover here. So let's jump to let's just jump to the bottom question today and then work our way up back up the chain. Does that make sense? So I got something to say about that. No, I was just the way you said it just sounded funny to me. Edgewood has more humans now than it used to have. <laughs> and with more humans comes more thoughts and opinions and considerations and beliefs and yeah. all sorts of things. And so back in the day of Edgewood, there was at least a couple times where we had a very small number of people, and 90% of them didn't really have an opinion about most things. <laughs> so it was very easy to do all kinds of things. Yeah. Be like, let's do, anybody want to do it? Sure, okay. You know, now with the, but we want that. We want people to come to Christ, and we want to be God's mm -hmm. sort of church. But with that comes this, and I think that there's a practicality here in how we then relate to each other. So let's jump to the last one. So how, what does this verse teach us about relating to others? What are ways that we should interact with and treat others? What are ways to pursue reconciliation or ways to specifically love, serve, and care for others? This one, number A, I think there's a lot, but what do you guys see then? Todd. Okay. So looking at that and uh, be quick to hear, slow to anger, slow to speak, those are things that are, you know, like Andrew said, reactionary. So like when you're relating to others and there's this differing of thoughts mm -hmm. or beliefs or whatever, your natural response is to not listen to them. Yep. Yep. 
fiery love, you know, just the, just the human nature. Yeah. But with meekness, by doing these things, putting away filthiness and being quick to hear, slowing the blah, 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 then you're going you're gonna to find that calmer response. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. Andrew. Mm. Even when it comes to your entertainment choices, I'm going to choose pride, which leads to filthiness and wickedness because I'm self-centered, I'm gratification-oriented. Uh, it, it comes into my interaction with other people, whether I'm going to be able to listen. If I enter into the engagement with humility, I have an open heart and open ear. Pride shuts down all of that. Pride pushes you into the filthiness and wickedness. Pride rejects the word, and that yeah, like yeah. That it's just really, um, you know, one or the other. Yeah, we're just polarizing. Yeah, yeah. Matt. So uh, there's a lot of wrong things going on in the world, and we want right things, hmm. but this verse has a very specific reality. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness, the righteousness of, God. of God. So a way to get to the righteousness, righteousness of God is not going to be through us just being ticked off and act, acting out of that, speaking out of that. The anger of man does not produce the rightness of righteousness of God. Yeah, we missed the verb. Anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Ironically, though, it doesn't say don't be angry. It says yeah. slow, to slow to anger. So right? Look, I, I can't think of what the actual definition of meekness is, but there's a difference between meekness and humility and, um, and how that's processed in a situation. Yeah. Well, in, that Ephesians passage, right? Don't. In your anger, do not sin. Yeah, in your, yeah, in your anger, don't, don't sin. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's a contrast right there. Slow to anger for the anger of man. Yeah. So, what is that telling us about the kind of anger that we should have? A righteous. A righteous anger. <laughs> so, What's that's really that? a pretty, that, what is that? Yeah. Tell me what that is. Has anybody got that figured out yet? <laughs> I, I, I've, I've always leaned on David Pallison always said, ask yourself, would God or does God say in his word that this is something he's angry at? So the thing that you're angry about, ask yourself, honestly, is God angry about this or just me? Right? How would he want me to respond? Yeah, like, what, would his, what would his demonstration of that anger look like? He also, David Pallison always also pointed out that every demonstration of righteous anger that you see from Jesus is measured and accompanied by the other fruits of the Spirit. And it's very seldom with the world at large. It's specifically with... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hypocrites. Yeah. 
With hypocrites, religious hypocrites, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't really see them in, in, in the Gospels. Now, you most certainly see God's righteous anger against the world in the Old Testament. I mean, that's, we're in the book of Joshua. We've seen that over and over. But Jesus in the Gospels, his is directed at, at the religious hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I would see patience because he didn't do it every time he went to the temple. Right? He didn't do that every time he went to the synagogue. There was a time. And he chose that time. Um, right? Right, right. Which I think comes back to this, like, the slow part. Right, it took him a while to get there. Yeah. Melissa, what were you going to say? Yes. For those that were being, you know, manipulated by those user usurers or, right, the, the people that were overcharging prices for things that were supposed to be used for worship of God, the sacrifices, right? Josh? <laughs> what was that? He said, Kenneth Copeland, a modern-day context. Yeah, that kind of stuff makes me pretty angry. That, that, that kind of garbage. I used to work at a Christian bookstore. Todd remembers this. There was so much junk that we sold, and I would mock it a lot of times. We had these Jesus mints. At the counter, <laughs> that I'm like somehow you you have the breath of the spirit if you use these Jesus mints. That that stuff brings me to bad words. I'm telling you, John. Listen, I were driving down the road the other day and I was saying, there's this there's this uh, billboard and it says new abortion options in Champagne. Yeah, that that. Right? Yep. It's a little bit quicker with just some buckshot in the in the twelve gauge. It absolutely is. I mean, if you've studied somebody like Dietrich Bonhoeffer and how long it took him to, to come along to the idea that joining in a plot to assassinate Hitler was a right thing, that was really hard. It wasn't hard for him to decide whether to speak out against the religious liberals. That one, pretty easy. He was angry about compromise and truth and spoke quickly and didn't hesitate. But and it cost him his life. I think what Audrey was also talking about, you know, we see the meekness involved even in Jesus cleansing the temple. A lot of people are like, he had a whip, <laughs> you know. But I, they take that out of context because, I mean, 
yeah. driving out animals. Yeah. He calmly, you know, made the whip. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like it was with forethought and, and a process. Right. And it wasn't like this rage induced frenzy that people are imagining like he was a you know And and we always go to that this example for what righteous anger should yeah. look like in our life. And the problem is is none of us are the Messiah the incarnate son of God entering into his own house of worship. Like, this is not my house of worship. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. It's a, exactly. This is to fulfill. Zeal has fulfilled, not consume me. Yes. <laughs> Josh. I think there I think there was a lot of mixed emotions. I imagine there are some like very scared and then I imagine there's some pretty angry in themselves. Yeah. So, how does this passage tell us how to interact with each other? We've already said some of the things. Maybe just rattle off what some, maybe something, anything you guys have heard here that you see in this passage. Let me read it again to you. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. I think Andrew was correct. This is a prescription of humility. Mm. And when we say we're humble, we're forever missing it. Yeah. But as long as we're seeking after it, we're, we're well on our way, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that, that, that job is it's good. It's right there with Scripture. Right. Amen. Melissa? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Be patient with each other. That here implies somebody else is talking. What? The here. Huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Let's work backwards, what does this teach us about relating to God? What are some things we can praise and thank God for, or is there sin to confess and repent that this passage brings out? Uh, Teresa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of a outpouring. If God gives you that good and perfect gift, that 
is the not the quick to hear, slow to speak, you know, and the slow to anger. Those are relational things with other people that would display that wisdom that you. Yeah. Have. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, I want you to catch the word pictures that James works with here. In verses 12 through 14, he talks about sin being born, conception, right? A, a bringing forth of sin. The next paragraph now, he talks about bringing forth of life. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And then he talks about that we should be a first fruits. That's another gardening. That's the first of your offerings from your agriculture. And now he gets into the next one and he talks about implanted word. He just has these chains that start to flow through each one. And sometimes it's an opposite, like you have the birth of sin to the birth of life. And then it, if you just start tracing some of these, you'll see that there's just this thread runs through all the passages connecting them with almost like word pictures. It's pretty amazing. Um, does this passage teach us something about God? That should say others, actually. There we go. What does this teach us about God? So now that we've talked about these other things, it does, you should be able to see it implies something about who God is. Because God is telling us this, right? Yes. Yeah. He's quick to hear. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we know God's mission for us as humans is to shape us into the image of his son so that we look like God, then you see commands here. These commands are almost like instructions for how to look like Jesus. So what does Jesus look like? Jesus is quick to hear, he's slow to speak, he's slow to anger, and he has an anger that matches the righteousness of God. And he has no filthiness and no rampant wickedness, and he received the, with meekness the implanted word as a young man all his life. Yeah. 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 So yeah. much so that within twenty four hour period the thing is done. It's over. Yeah. There's no going back. And so the the the, the fig tree withers and dies and, and God this is another prescription for God's prescription for making sure that you say you're a Christian, you ought to be walking and Yeah. Yeah, yeah, amen. That's good. Well, we are out of time. I'm sure there's all kinds of comments. I'll give you the last word, Matt. You had your hand up. Okay. All right. There's so much more, as you can see. The, I love this, this approach because just, you just plumb, start to plumb the depths, and you're like, whoa, there is so much here.
Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that is able to save our souls. We thank you for the example of Jesus who is slow to speak and quick to hear and um, slow to anger and demonstrated to us what you are like. And we confess, I confess that I struggle with this and need to be shaped more and more by you. Would you help us all to be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger with each other in this church, that you would be honored by the, the tight-knitness that comes from patient humility meekness with each other. For your glory and our joy, in Jesus' name, amen.